You're listening to CEC Chats, a short look at some of the most interesting concepts we focus on each day. Today, we will be chatting with CEC Vice President Chris McCoskey, who is leading CEC Sustainability and ESG, or Environmental, Social, and Governance Initiatives. In recent years, organizations around the world have embraced ESG as a management and disclosure strategy. In this segment, Chris will help us understand what ESG is, how organizations are using it, and how to get started. Welcome, Chris. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Hi, AJ. It's great to be here today. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm an environmental scientist and career air quality consultant. Uh, I've had a long-term interest in sustainability. I have a Bachelor of Science in Environmental Science and a a Master's in Environmental Science. Um, I've been a student of sustainability since before the formal definition was even coined back in 1987 by the uh, United Nations Brundtland Commission. That's when uh, the definition of development that meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs was coined. And that served as a framework for uh, understanding sustainability. It was um, uh, my father, I think, who influenced me uh, the most, though. He he was a professor at Slippery Rock, and uh, he created the first uh, Master of Science in Sustainability program in the United States there in 1990. That's uh, research center was named in his honor after he passed away, and it still operates as a living laboratory for sustainability research. So I guess you could say that uh, sustainability runs in the family. Well, that seems like a really good place to start then. What is ESG and how is it related to sustainability? Well, as you said in your intro, uh, ESG stands for Environmental Social Governance. And the easiest way to think about it is as an organizational management strategy. It's really a a collection of priorities, metrics, and disclosure procedures that are focused on these three overlapping spheres. And when those three spheres overlap, and it's that intersection of uh, activities that we think of as being sustainable. Uh, So as an organizational strategy, ESG really aims to encourage leaders to manage organizations in a way that sustains themselves and the social and environmental systems that they depend on. Hasn't that sort of decision-making always been used by organizations? No, not really. I mean, in the context of public corporations, there's really been a strong emphasis on profit only as the key measure of performance. That's the economic bottom line we talk about. And that emphasis on maximizing shareholder profit was really articulated uh, back in 1970 by someone who you may have heard of, Milton Friedman, a very popular economist and and leader. And And that thinking, that economic bottom line really influenced much of corporate decision-making until fairly recently. So now the concept is of a triple bottom line instead of single bottom line. And that triple bottom line represents the people and the planet in addition to the profit factor. So those are the things that correspond to E, S, and G. What are some examples of how organizations are using ESG now? Well, um, you've heard the term, what gets measured gets managed, right? So um, in the ESG world, the idea is to define a set of metrics that fall into each of these three spheres that are important to an organization. 
So that's done by engaging those who have a stake in the organization in some dialogue about what's important to them and the organization. And for the collection of issues that are most important, then the task is to start to evaluate or measure um, them and, and establish a baseline. So let me give you a couple examples. On the uh, environmental side, for instance, organizations are looking at their greenhouse gas emissions and determining what their current emissions are and then uh, establishing goals to reduce them or the amount of waste they generate or the water they consume and so on. On the social side, uh, health and safety metrics are important to organizations, workforce diversity, professional development, those kinds of things and how they interact with their communities. And on the governance side, um, there's, there are a lot of elements like political contributions and ethics and transparency and executive compensation and, and diversity on the board, all those kinds of things. So yeah, once the, they've identified uh, the, what issues are important, they establish a baseline and then you can start to set goals and, and, and track that progress. And that's really what uh, the ESG system uh, facilitates and structures. Are there many U.S. corporations reporting ESG performance now? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, over uh, 90% of Fortune 500 companies are preparing annual corporate sustainability reports today. Is there a standard format for those reports? <laughs> uh, actually, no. And, and that's um, been a challenge for these organizations because uh, they want to and their, their shareholders are expecting them to report but there really hasn't been a standardized uh, process to do that because it's, this has all been a voluntary initiative. Uh, so organizations have had to uh, look through the available guidelines and uh, figure out how best to tell their sustainability story. Heck, there are at least five different major reporting schemes right now used globally. And those represent some 600 different metrics that organizations can pick and choose from between all the E, S, and G uh, criteria. That's a lot to choose from. Do you expect that to change anytime soon? Yes, yes. And uh, there's a, a significant effort underway right now to establish a common framework for that uh, global reporting um, on an organizational basis. Um, I think that the global community does recognize that there are urgent actions needed on many fronts and that corporations, for instance, have a significant role to play. It's, and not just environmentally, but socially as well. So the investment community, shareholders, and governments are all motivated to standardize these uh, sustainability reporting metrics and to, to help inform decision making. As a matter of fact, um, right now, in front of the uh, U.S. Congress, the several House rules are being reviewed and, and, and uh, promoted. Uh, a couple of them focus on the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission related to uh, rules for disclosure of ESG information and climate change risk posed to public corporations. With that in mind, what would you suggest that organizations do now? Well, yeah, relative to ESG, I would recommend that if organizations haven't already developed an ESG program, that they not wait for it to become a requirement and um, that they be proactive about it. Uh, there's so much information out there available to help guide that process. Um, and if you know they're looking for uh, benchmarks, a good way to do it is to look at 
for uh, what's going on in your trade association or your competitors. Uh, how are they reporting their sustainability story uh, to their, their shareholders and the public? Are there basic steps an organization should consider? Yeah, there are a basic, uh, say, a six-step framework that organizations could take. I mean, it really um, starts with the, the vision of the organization having a strategy that uh, informs uh, how the organization views sustainability and ESG. And then uh, the second step would be to establish some governance or management system internally that provides structure for the accountability and implementation of the program. Then you get into that uh, step I, I mentioned earlier of uh, assessing an organization's material issues. That is, those things that are important to the shareholders and, and the organization that fall into those three spheres, ES and G. And uh, once you've prioritized, then you can pick the ones that the organization wants to focus on initially, uh, uh, provide key indicators or collect data around and establish a baseline and uh, establish um, goals to assess uh, what the, the risks and opportunities are for um, moving forward. Then it's all about evaluating, reporting, and reassessing kind of a continuous improvement process and providing assurance to the, the users of the information, the stakeholders, the investment community, that this information is complete and consistent and accurate and transparent. A moment ago, you mentioned risks and opportunities. Can you expand on that in the ESG context? Certainly. If we think about the collection of topics, so that's the, those are the indicators that an organization has determined are important or material to their ESG process, it's useful to consider their risks and opportunities. So, for example, um, a, a business is dependent, say, on using uh, water for their ongoing operations, and it would be important to, to assess whether or not they're located in a drought-prone area now, or if there are future projections that indicate that water stress is going to be a problem in that area. So that would be a big risk to their operations that they would want to understand as far as their long-term sustainability of their production. At the same time, by focusing attention on that risk factor and the existing uses of water, say, for an organization, that may identify opportunities uh, for that company or, or organization to more sustainably utilize that resource and thereby lessen the, their exposure to risk. Sounds important. Yeah, and I mean, that can be done on in any of these spheres, uh, uh, in environmental, social, and governance. And uh, that's an important aspect of trying to balance uh, those three criteria and uh, provide for long-term as opposed to short-term, you know, quarterly returns, which has really been the focus of the, the economic single profit uh, basis for so long. So then what are some of the ways that we, by we, I mean CEC, are helping clients in the ESG area? Well, so CEC is an engineering environmental consulting firm. So we're really focusing on the E in ESG, the environmental piece. And we have a three-phase process that focuses on uh, first assessing and planning, and then engineering to adapt, and finally reporting and envisioning. And uh, let me walk you through that real briefly. In the assessing and planning stage, that's where 
we would uh, look at an organization's uh, exposure to these uh, risks, whether it's physical impacts like extreme storms and wildfires or drought or flooding, as well as um, societal changes, whether that's uh, the social cost of carbon or changes in consumer demand for fossil energy or other regulatory requirements, and how those um, potential risks can affect uh, an organization so that they have an opportunity to uh, be be proactive and voluntarily uh, take some actions now uh, rather than uh, waiting to remedy a crisis uh, after the fact, which is always more more costly than uh, taking preventive measures uh, up front. So with that kind of assessment stage, corporations can interact with their uh, local communities even and have sort of a a double uh, benefit of the social and environmental phase by collaborating and contributing to communities' efforts to assess and understand uh, climate impacts and uh, and prepare for them. So that's the assessing and planning phase. There's a lot more to it that I could go into, but um, that's it in a nutshell. In the next phase is where uh, CEC as an engineering consultancy has the opportunity to help companies or organizations design and implement actions to address these risks and opportunities, whether that means uh, supporting a renewable power installation or designing infrastructure that's resilient to flooding or aiding in the development of carbon offset strategies. And then finally, we get to that that reporting and envisioning stage where organizations are uh, collecting up this information, uh, reporting it to their shareholders or other interested parties, and um, developing strategies for ongoing improvements that align with their vision and goals. So I really think that the ESG process serves as a great roadmap to help organizations prioritize risks and find opportunities to make meaningful actions toward the long-term sustainability of their organizations, their communities, and the environment. Waiting to remedy crises is always more costly than taking preventative measures. Chris, thank you for being on this episode of CEC Chats. It's my pleasure. For more information on this fascinating subject, visit cecinc.com slash blog. And check out Chris's article on what is sustainability, really, and how does it look in practice? Thank you for listening.